0: Welcome to The Dive Podcast, presented by Willamette Week. I'm your host, Hank Sanders. Join us every Saturday for a deep discussion about the biggest stories of the week. Go behind the scenes with journalists, political figures, and newsmakers to get a unique look at our city. And also, I want to hear from you, the listener. So please send any questions, critiques, or sponsorship inquiries to my email at hsanders at Thank you so much, and enjoy this episode of The Dive Podcast. Welcome back to The Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Hank Sanders. It's great to have you with us today for episode 51 of The Dive. Today is December 18th. Great to have you in. We have an awesome show for you today. We are joined by Suzette Smith. She brings us a discussion about nightlife and the nightlife rebirth going down in downtown Portland. But before we get there, we have to bring you all the headlines, everything that happened this week. This is the 90 Second News Flash. You may know Sophie Peel as a Willamette Week reporter and frequent guest of the show. Well, she had her car stolen back in November, and the sad thing is, she is not alone. Her vehicle joins 1,139 other cars that were stolen in November alone, the highest monthly total since Portland Police Bureau started keeping track of car thefts, which they started doing in 2015. Last week, we brought you an episode about a trash disposal company called Ridwell. Well, this week, Ridwell paused their membership service in unincorporated areas of Portland after immense pressure was pushing on them to do so. If you're wondering why there was pressure to do so, go ahead, and listen to last week's episode, but the latest news is that they have paused their subscription in several areas. The biggest story of the week concerns Joanne Hardesty and Portland Police. For more on this story, let's talk to one of the reporters who talked about this issue the most, Tess Risky. All right, Tess, give us a rundown. What's going on this week with Portland Police and Joanne Hardesty?
1: So um, on Monday, Commissioner Joanne Hardesty filed a $5 million lawsuit um, against the Portland Police Association, which is the police union in town. Uh, It's former President Brian Hunzecker. The city and another Portland Police Bureau officer named Carrie Ottoman. The lawsuit um, is related to an incident back in March where a Portland woman called 911 to report that she'd been rear ended a few hours earlier and that she believed the suspect was Joanne Hardesty. um, And within a few hours, that information leaked to different right-wing outlets that published the allegation and also made its way to the Oregonian, which published a story about it. Um, And then by the end of that day, the police announced Hardesty was not actually a suspect in the incident and that it was a different woman who had been mistaken for Hardesty. So the lawsuit is just about, you know, those leaks and the process by which those media outlets obtained that information that, um, you know, shed negative light on commissioner Hardesty.
0: Yeah. And how did Hardesty get to the $5 million number uh, that she's seeking?
1: Um, I don't know their actual process for calculating it, but the it's comprised of $3 million for against the PPA $1 $1 million each against those two officers. And then there's also a $1 claim against the city.
0: Special thank you to Tess for joining us to tell us all about that story. For drinks this week, try out Pink Rabbit on Northwest 12th Avenue. And for dinner, make a reservation this week for Denicolas on Southeast Powell. Denicolas, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. If not, let me know. That's the news. This has been the 9 Second News Flash. As we get ready to hopefully turn the corner on the pandemic, people are getting anxious and they're excited to get out and try to return back to normal, and things are kind of looking good for people who enjoy to party. So the club scene in Portland is coming right back. Suzette Smith brings us this week's Willamette Week cover story detailing how Portland's nightclub and party scene is officially coming back, or maybe it's not, or a little bit of both, or maybe there's a new normal. Here's our interview. All right, Suzette. Give us a rundown. What is the story about? What did you learn? What do you want readers to take away here?
2: Sure. Um, it's more that. So, as culture reporters, we we see things and then we we try to investigate them. We try to find it out. But a lot of times, it's like by going to so many things, you become aware of a certain pattern. And and so as as I would be going to shows, I was thinking every music show I'm going to is sold out. Uh, every time I walk down the street, there's like foggy glass people inside sitting at their tables, but definitely talking really animatedly with their masks off. And it just really felt like, you know, nightlife is back. And that this is something that, you know, um, the numbers for COVID cases, uh, like detected uh, positive COVID cases in Multnomah County are like at an all time low. Um, It really just felt like optimistic, uh, but also, you know, as we continued to, to go to places and talk to people and see what kind of um, safety requirements they had in place, safety protocols, we found just such a wide variety of things that were happening um, of like uh, people not wearing masks or people wearing masks when they were sitting down or people wearing masks the whole time. Um, and so it just felt like there was such a wide variety of, uh, of experience happening, but, but the, this was all happening and a lot of it was happening really safely.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. You know, one thing that I'm constantly reminded of is how Portland is a bubble in the country, in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, examples of that are that, I mean, I I spent a lot of my time where I go to college in Chicago and Chicago, very liberal city, one of the most blue cities that that you can find in America. And you go into a bar and people don't really care if you wear a mask or if you don't wear a mask. There seems to be a lot of precautions taken in portland and portlanders are like you know like you wrote in the article they look at you weird if you if they even think that you're not vaccinated when you were working on the story and you were going deep into the cultural centers and the nightlife of portland did you all did you all step back and go yeah it's great that they're doing this because i agree with it but it is kind of strange because if you go into other cities that might, you know, cities not named Seattle and Portland, it's not a popular thing around the country while it's incredibly popular in our bubble in Portland. Did that stand out to you?
2: I've heard throughout the pandemic that in smaller kind of, uh, certainly like at the coast or just in smaller communities, um, like Oregon got off pretty easy. Um, I mean, we had, I think you know, a great, COVID yeah. was, COVID had a terrible time, but like Oregon, like, like the numbers here have always been pretty low. We haven't had the, the, like the deaths here have been tragic, but they haven't really been on the scale of something like New York city. Um, So I would say that, you know uh, if it never entered your community, you didn't see, you know, the examples of it. COVID is a really interesting uh, virus because it, it like, it hurts and it kills a lot of people, but not in a way that is so noticeable that every single person has had an experience with it. And therefore it's pretty difficult to convince people about it. Um, but I would say that, you know, like, so it's always kind of been that case that if you don't live in a city center, although like Chicago is certainly a major city center, um, that maybe, maybe like, you know, you haven't necessarily, you don't necessarily see the, the impacts of it, but when it comes to like a like small bars or it's sort of like each one of these places is its own little little world and so you're going to have you know different vibes at different places like i've been to bars where it doesn't seem like anybody cares if you're wearing a mask as long as you're sitting down um i i had i did talk to one uh Trevor Solomon i talked to a show promoter and he said that the bands want to come to Portland that, that was for the piece I wrote on, on kind of the continuing canceling of concerts, um, mostly like touring acts that either find themselves exposed to COVID or have to cancel the show, the concert, have to cancel the tour for financial reasons. Um, and he said that, that his, in his experience, bands want to come to Portland because the perception of Portland is that the audiences will, that they, we do, that we do wear masks here. Um, and that, sometimes actually when it comes to vaccination requirements a lot of places have like you can get you can either show that you have proof of vaccination or you could have like a negative covid test and you have some places where you're getting te- like they offer tests right out front like revolution hall or like the aladdin both have like little pop-up tents out in front where you can get a rapid test if you forgot your vaccination uh proof uh or if you just can't get uh, the vaccine for some reason um and so he yeah so like there's this perception that like portlanders are just a little bit more careful about that oh but then also bands can request that their shows be vaccine vaccine proof only like not the they, not the COVID test stuff like people who don't have vaccine proof they can't come in so there have been some shows where where the the bands have requested like yeah. the people who come to the show need to have proof of vaccination and we're not letting in the the people who just like just just got a test outside
0: I wanted to ask about the test outside because when I'm I'm dead sober, I'm focused and ready to get my COVID test. It sucks having somebody mm-hmm. stick that thing up your nose and it sucks. I cannot imagine 1230, you know, late into the morning, you're drunk, you're with your friends and somebody's stuffing this thing up your nose. How have people received that test before they go into a bar? You know, did it go over well? People chill with it? Or was it a lot of oh no, not a chance. I'm going to that bar with, uh, with somebody sticking up a thing up my nose.
2: So it's funny because I, you know, I've been, I've gotten COVID tested a lot. Um, as a journalist, you have to go out into the world. And so inevitably there would be some kind of weird situation where, where somebody would have like a positive test that I had maybe been in the same room with. And so I've, I would have to go get one. So I've gotten many, many COVID tests. And actually when I used to get them, I used to get them at the Oregon convention center. Cause I was closer and. Uh, and they really do the brain scrape you know yeah. just like it goes up it goes down it's like in there but then when um i had to i actually went and got the curative test recently because like sort of after reporting the story i was like well you know like i didn't have symptoms or anything it just felt like i should go maybe get a test just be careful and uh they do this thing where they stick thing in your nose and it doesn't really go up all the way but then they just do these like circles they're just like little circles like almost like tiny bounces and uh and they did like eight eight swoops in one nostril eight swoops in the other nostril and then like it was very chill in a lot of ways like I I was surprised at how non-invasive that test was um and then of course it was negative so I don't know um but from my personal experience it seems like this the way that they're doing it isn't awful I cannot imagine giving those tests to drunk people that sounds awful right like I feel really like I really feel for those employees who are dressed up like they're in outbreak but maybe I was like do you need this or is this just for respect like do you wear this because like but they were not interested in answering my questions
1: (laughs) always trying to keep my balance but my surface
0: gets what used to be a bridge is now the width of a razor the ones who care about Watch my face get thinner Their eyes get more concerned While mine get dimmer Started out having fun Just another way to play Now I'm falling headfirst Into unforgive. Well, folks, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Dive Podcast. Join us next week for episode 52. Now, that's a special number because there's 52 weeks in a year. means we've been doing it for about a year now. And when I tell you guys, I know I say this almost every week, but next week's interview is really awesome. It is something that touches all of us and is something that we should all be looking at, and I don't want to spoil it for you, and I know I say every single week, next week's really great, but I'm really doubling down, it's a really awesome interview, special guest, so thank you so much, make sure to come back next week, till then, for Willamette Week, I'm Hank Sanders, take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Dive Podcast, presented by Willamette Week. For more information on this podcast or the biggest stories in Portland, go to wweek.com and follow Willamette Week on all socials. We're doing some really cool things related to the podcast on our Instagram and Twitter. It includes giveaways, behind the scenes, etc. A lot of cool things coming your way, so give those a follow. Special thanks to our guests for joining us, and thank you to Aaron Mesh, Mark Zussman, and Brian bond as well as the entire Willamette week family last but not least thank you so much to heather witty and Ampmusic.co for the music that you hear on this podcast for willamette week i'm hank sanders this has been the dive podcast